everybody. That is my cue. This week in the arts on the Blog Talk Radio and Affiliate Networks is brought to you by the Illustrator's Journal and ArtToday.tv. Check us out on the web via www.illustratorsjournal.com and do follow on Twitter via at TIJournal. So I'm Greg Masters, the producer and moderator of This Week in the Arts, known to some on Twitter as at 2 health Guru. I'm the co-founder and co-editor of the Illustrator's Journal, and I am <laughs> journal, and I'm in the virtual studio today with my colleague, co-founder at Illustrator's Journal, and co-host, uh, the ever talented Mr. Lon Levin. Hey, Lon. Hey, Greg. What's up? How you doing? Glad you could join us. So do follow Lon on Twitter via at Creative House, and that's C R E eight. T-I-V-E-H-O-U-S-E. And now for today's special guest, fine artist and patient activist, Shelly Zentner. Do follow Shelly on Twitter via the handle at Shelly Zen, which is a pretty cool Twitter handle. Uh, Shelly is an economist in words. She describes herself, at least on her Twitter bio, as I'm a figurative artist who paints in oils. But there's a whole lot more to her story. So, Alon, over to you. Help us get to know this amazing artist and her activism. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks, Greg. And hi, Shelley. How are you doing? Hi, Alon. I'm very good. Thank you. How are you? Good. I'm doing good. It's sunny down here. I know it's sunny up there. And uh, I actually have your uh, website right in front of me. I'm looking at uh, Marie Curie. And uh, it's quite mm-hmm. a painting. And, and the Thank little you. film that people, if, if you want to see something really, really incredible, you've got to go to Shelley's site uh, and, and take a look at the film about her painting, uh, Rita Curie. It's really, it's really neat, I, and I really like what you did. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I'm, I, I'm going to start at the beginning, so to speak, as we talked a little earlier and what fascinated me when I was reading through some of your information was that you were, at least the earliest I saw, was you were drawing nude figures at 12. And mm-hmm. I can relate to this somewhat, although I think I was drawing nude figures at 12 for different reasons than you. <laughs> <laughs> My mother actually was an artist, and she uh, she had a book of, of nude drawings and and. I kind of, uh, well, I'll just put it this way. I defaced them in my, <laughs> that was my first I did learning. that too. <laughs> oh, did you really? Oh, yeah. Really, I, I was fascinated, and then my mother said to me, well, if you're so interested, why don't I take you to class with me? And that started me out. So I'm wondering, mm-hmm. how how did you start? When when did you feel the urge to start getting involved in art? <laughs> Tell us a little bit that. Uh, well, when I was in school, uh, I I didn't know what I wanted to to be or what I wanted to do until there was a there was a moment that I remember quite distinctly where um, we were in art class and there was one girl who couldn't be trusted with the uh, art materials, so they sat her in the middle of a group of us to be the model and gave us all a piece of paper each and some um, charcoal and chalk and said, you're going to draw this girl. So she had to sit still. And um, it was the first time I'd drawn anybody from life before. And um, 
it was amazing. Just this this person appeared on on my piece of paper, and uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. It looked just like her, and um, I, I was thrilled. It's like, oh, there's a thing I can do. Oh my goodness! And the te- even the teacher was was amazed as well because I'd not shown any any skill in art at all before that. And she, so she took the drawing and she put it in the um, the staff room, uh, the teacher's staff room. And so all of these these teachers kept coming up to me and going, "Oh, that, that drawing is fantastic! It's you know it, we know who just who it is." And I, and I just it just gave me it really empowered me. You know, it was like, "Oh, there's, I have an ability. I have I have a thing." And so I just started chasing it after that and um, started. How old were- how old were you uh, when that happened? Eleven. Eleven. I was eleven. I think eleven or twelve. It was it was very early on anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started taking figure drawing classes at the local um, art gallery, and that was at twelve. And I just loved it. I, I I really found an affinity with working with charcoal, working with the human form. Um, yeah, I, I I was I was hooked. Yeah, I noticed that with your with uh, some of your charcoal drawings, which I think are absolutely fantastic. And you know, I Thank you. I used to do obviously when I going through art school, I did a lot of charcoal drawings, and and I could not stand charcoal because it, <laughs> it was messy and it smeared all over the paper, and you know you put it in your crappy portfolio, right? And and <laughs> and it would just smear all over everything. And I said to myself, I I hate charcoal, you know. So but so I but I marvel at people who can draw in charcoal like you. <laughs> uh, it's really a, a, a talent because you know how to use the different angles of the charcoal you're using to get effects mm-hmm. on the page. Fantastic, fantastic. So well, thank you. <laughs> Um, it's something that, that um do. oh sorry my my students okay. don't don't like working with charcoal for the mess at first either and I always tell them you're going to have to get messy and I I I make them just not wash their hands and by the end of it the vast majority of them absolutely love it and they've got charcoal mustaches because they've been wiping their <laughs> all over their faces and all and all over their clothes and um yeah that's all part of the process it's part of the sort of messy fun of it and it's I love it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I get a lot of fun out of painting and getting paint all over me, but for some reason mm-hmm. charcoal rubs me the wrong way, so to speak. <laughs> so, but um, I wanted to ask you about your inspirations. You say are Rodin and Michelangelo, mm-hmm. two of my favorites as well, particularly Rodin. I, I, I've been to Paris and I think there's a garden or something of, of Rodin stuff, and it's, it's marvelous, and it's in it's mm-hmm. black, and it's it's. And so, how do you? How did that happen? How did you come upon Rodin and Michelangelo? Um, just through uh, through art history books, um, I had a quite an enlightened uncle who would buy me art history books when I was when I was a kid, and um, I would just marvel. At the images that I was seeing, I hadn't understood nothing about them really. I just, I just saw all these twisting, turning bodies, and they all look really powerful, and and I and I, I liked that, and I was like, oh, I want to try and capture that. And for some reason, at first, sculpture appealed to me more, not because I wanted to be a sculptor, but because of the the sort of gravitas of 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 the sculptures that I was looking at. 
and so mm. um so i made i made charcoal drawings of of those sculptures and that really led me more towards painters um so so a lot of my a lot of my work does feel quite sculptural in, in a way um with, mm-hmm. and it, and it's strange that i never really got into sculpture i think it's just the 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 process the, the sort of there was there was too much process involved in it i like quite direct work and and i think that's one of the reasons why i really like charcoal because it doesn't involve much it's just a piece of stick of you know wood burnt wood and some mm-hmm. paper and that's all you need and and i really like that yeah there's nothing between um, me and the the process then yeah yeah um i'm i'm curious you know uh because in in your site it said uh, you you were talking about the influence of darkness and you know mm. coming from where you came in Wales and that influencing your work and also uh was it, I don't know if uh, Pendergast was a t- Peter Pendergast was a teacher of yours or an influence mm-hmm. but his work is so I look at it as kind of almost like uh Cezanne's crazy mm. brother or something <laughs> you know his work <laughs> is is so guttural and and, and powerful and yours is not quite like that you know, but you, but those dark influences. Can you explain that and how that filtered into your work? Uh, so Peter Prendergast was uh, my teacher at, on a foundation course, which is a a pre degree um, course that art students, many art students do in the UK. It's it's one year. It's like an intensive course that um, prepares you for university in terms of you get to try a bit of everything and really decide you know what 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 branch of art you want to go into and and he was this he's this like i say you know this really sort of gruff painter and mm-hmm. um we we actually locked horns quite a lot i was not his favorite student at all and that there was nothing that i did that appealed to him at all and it was kind of vice versa really um but it was only later on that i really started to appreciate all of the the lessons that he taught me and and the influence that that came through, and because um, he he was all about working really intuitively from life, and about just putting marks down and not thinking about them too much, and um, even though I I ended up becoming quite a technical uh, sort of drafts person, shall I say, and more recently, but very quite, quite sort of classically influenced oil painter. I, you know, of which I learned nothing from him of that at all. Um, the 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 sort of the types of marks and the approach that he advocated has really stayed with me, and and I was I'm still really grateful for that. You know, he brought an energy to my work that that hadn't really been there before, and and it actually provided me with a, quite a, an awesome outlet for the anger that I felt at the time. And you know, I really needed that, and uh, yeah, channeling channeling it properly was was very therapeutic for me. Yeah, it's interesting because in some of the the, the paintings that you've done, I, I'm looking at one in particular right now called Sujay. <laughs> Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, it's a it's, yeah. That one in particular seems to have those very powerful lines, dark light. It, it's uh, where that influence. And it comes out. It, I, I can see it in your work. It's, and it's uh, it's fascinating how you took that and then reinterpreted it. Um, 
Okay, so I wanted to let's let's get into Tahoe because that's where you guys are, and it's so fabulous, and I want to live there as well. <laughs> but <laughs> who wouldn't, right? Yeah, uh, and not just for the gambling, right? So, uh, <laughs> how did you decide to live in Tahoe? I mean, you're 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 in Wales, and how would you mm-hmm. ever think of Tahoe? I can't imagine anybody in Wales thinking of Tahoe. That's like craziness. But um, can you explain how that happened? Well, actually, actually, Tahoe and, and North Wales have have a lot in common. Um, where, where I lived is um, at the foot of Snowdon, the, the highest mountain in uh, the, I think it's England, England and Wales. Um, and so Tahoe's got got that that mountain town connection too. Um, but what happened was I, I so I had my own. After I graduated, I opened my own art gallery um, in Better Sequoid. And um, it, it started out as an open studio, and I got grants and funding and sponsorship. And it was all seemingly going really, really well. And then um, I just kept building it up, building it up. And then um, the opening night of I, um, I refurbished the gallery, and it turned it into the thing that I thought I wanted. I I looked around me and just went, oh, I don't want this. I I put in all of this work, and wow. I, I'd, I'd plowed so much energy into the business side of things that I just couldn't paint anymore. I had nothing it, left. Were you exhibiting other people's work as well as your own, or how how was that no. working? No, no, it was just just my own um, oh. my own work, and so so I. You know, I I created a, this this platform for myself for, you know, for for my work and um, it was this beautiful thing. You know, it really was. And um, you know, I was in partnership with local businesses and all of that kind of stuff. But it it just drew, it just sucked out all the life out of my my own work. And so um, I kind of limped along for a little bit longer. And then I it came to my my thirtieth birthday. And, you know, like a lot of people, it you know, one of those landmark birthdays can sort of trigger some thoughts of making some big changes. And so mm-hmm. I decided to just pack it all in and go traveling. I, I literally sold all my clothes, all my possessions, everything, uh, you know, nothing that wouldn't fit in the rucksack stayed. And then I I set up, I, I went to Canada to visit a friend is a, just because a, I, I didn't have any idea where I was going to start or anything. I just wanted the journey to be completely open. And um, so I went there and then um, just started moving. Um, then I flew to um, British Columbia. I bought a camper van and just started traveling. And uh, three months later, I met my husband and we were both rock climbing together and we traveled together for a long time and started thinking about putting down some roots somewhere. And my uncle actually lived in Tahoe in, uh, in the incline village at the time. So I came to visit him to just, just to get some ideas. And I actually had to deliver a guitar for a friend down to South Lake, uh, he was a friend who I'd met on the road and he, he couldn't take this guitar back. So I delivered it back to his friend and I looked around and was like, Oh, I actually really like it here. This is cool. We could, <laughs> we could, we could try this, you know? And, and so that was my first time here. And, 
we've been pretty much here ever since. <laughs> and how long has that been? Uh, 13 years now. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. That's amazing. <laughs> so, okay, so tell me about the activist part of the, or the community of artists in, in Tahoe and then the activist part. Is that all kind of together or two separate things? Am I mixing them up? What? Um, no, no, not really. I mean, um, when, when I first moved here, it was really hard to find any kind of community. It was, I, I found it took years to um, fall in with any kind of crowd to make friends. And, you know, I'm, even though I'm an introvert, I'm actually quite, can be quite gregarious. And it, so it was, it was tough for me. Um, and then, um, you know, even though I knew lots of rock climbers and I had sort of climbing friends, I didn't really have many artist friends. And so um, when uh, it was only really very recently that I started connecting with other artist friends, really. And uh, some of it's been through having having a kid, you know, meeting other artists through the fellow parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people in my group are actually, you know, met, I met them through the school. Um, but the, the, the real catalyst was um, the, the presidential election um, and <laughs> that's been a catalyst for a lot of things. I know, right? I I've been amazed at just how prolific people have really been. You know, across the board in all different kinds of creative um, endeavors. So, mm-hmm. You know, and it's not just the presidential election here, but just what's going on in in Syria, in Europe, uh, in Russia. You know, the the with going on with the environment. You know, it's it's like it's just forced so many creative people to just really really double down on their efforts. And and if you know, it's like all the music that I really like. The the musicians um, are all making really cool albums about you know, sort of the revolution and sort of looking to the future, looking to the past, you know, joining the dots. It's, you know, we're yeah, all seems, kind of quite switched on now. Yeah, I think that from my point of view that there hasn't been as much activism or thought about what's going on in the world now because we're all so connected. Since the 60s when I was growing up, when it, when mm-hmm. there was a lot of this type of stuff going on, but this is now global and there's scarier aspects to it, you know, and I think mm-hmm. what it's done is it, it's brought, for me personally, it's, it's brought out, you know, the differences that you see between people. It's almost like, well, you got all these creative, sensitive, sensible people on one side, and then you have all these others that, mm-hmm. that have come up out of the, from under the rocks, and it's scary. It, it is, is scary. It is. Uh, well, I, I feel they, like that. Sorry, carry on. No, no, go, go. I, I feel like, you. in some ways, it's kind of exposed a lot of, uh, it like exposed the underbelly of uh, yeah. of humanity, and and I think that that can't be a bad thing ultimately. I mean, obviously, everything that's going on right now is is horrible. You know, when I was, you know, when I heard about Charlottesville in particular, I was just just horrified. Oh. Um, Unbelievable. But, um, yeah, but at, at the same time, you know, I, I I'm very hopeful that the where this is leading is is like a new consciousness, a new 
awareness and you know when once you know what what's out there then you can deal with it you know you can confront it and um you know i'm not not talking about violence or war but you know ideologically you know educationally confront these issues you know if they're underground if we don't know about them then how can we educate our kids about you know these things you know it's just it's just got you know things being out in the open it can't it can't be a bad thing ultimately right to my mind definitely needs to be more interaction um between both sides you know Mm -hmm. Uh, well let me uh, let me ask you a question you know about because you've mentioned climbing a a bunch of times and i've looked at your Mm -hmm. climbing art (laughs) and uh it seems to be a little bit different than the other other parts of the art because it seems almost a little bit um, more active. Harkening back to what you said about the um, the Rodin, you know, the movement of the yeah. muscles and stuff, and I, I think there's so much movement in in your drawings there. And um, what does that mean to you to do, you know, the climbing, the climbing, and, and your, you know. I, however much you want to get into your health situation, health advocacy, mm-hmm. is that tied together? Because one's a physical activity and something that, you know, uh, obviously is important to you. Well, um, a, I don't know if that was a question or not. Well, it is It is all connected. I mean, the, the, for, for me, every, everything's is connected ultimately, um, you know, personally, environmentally, you know, universally, whatever. But um, so I started, um, I started climbing when I was 21, actually over here. Um, and I'd always been interested in the human form. And I really, as I, as you said, that I really like Rodin and Michelangelo and all of these, you know, these artists who were making really dynamic images of, of humans and um once i'd started climbing it gave me a, a, a new vocabulary a new subject to use and it really wasn't being being done by anybody else at that time so it was a great you know avenue for specialization for me and it's what i built my my career on in the uk um and and, and, I, and it was great for a really long time but um ultimately I became so sort of invested in it that I stopped enjoying both of them because one, you know, it, climbing became like work and um, everything became like work and, and it sort of sucked the, the joy of it out of it for me, really. So I decided to separate them. Um, mm. But uh, as a as a climber, um, that, you know, I was... Uh, so I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2005 um, and so, as a climber, that was that was pretty shocking and horrible for me because I had to have like massive surgery on my on my chest, and mm-hmm. um, it you know it threatened my ability to to climb again. Um, so I ended up opting for um, a double mastectomy instead of um, I could have had uh, a lumpectomy with radiation, but that would have probably damaged my my shoulders. So I opted for the surgery. So, I mean, I you know I'm I'm healthy now. I'm I'm good, and I'm climbing again. And you know I was climbing, actually six months later. 
Um, you know, mm. it was back back to full power again, but not without uh, huge amounts of personal effort and training and commitment to health. And um, yeah, it was, there, it was a rough time. Was there any? Uh, I know that I went through uh, not not what what you've gone through with cancer, but I, I had open heart surgery eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I, I mean, I was an athlete before then, so I just, um, and my, my main focus has always been running. And yeah. it, it was important to me to get back to running because I felt like I'd been reborn. And, yeah. and yet, and yet every time I go out and still run and I run marathons and stuff, I still, if I feel something, I, I, I worry. Am I going to have a heart mm-hmm. attack? I feel so good, but uh, am I going to have a heart attack? Do you worry? Uh, about any of this in terms of stopping your physical activity or are you just dedicated to it and love doing it and doesn't matter? Um, well, I guess it's a little different for me. I mean, I, I worry about recurrence um, mm-hmm. a lot, less less than less than I did, you know, even a couple of months ago. It, it sort of gets a little easier all the time. But um, for me, exercise... Um, helps my state of mind and helps my body to stay uh stay healthy so you know and then i I didn't have like a a heart issue but you know i i worry about you know breaking bones or you know now, now that i'm at more of a risk for osteoporosis you know i worry about that sometimes because you know i'm i boulder so i you know fall off rocks and stuff like that but um yeah. and sometimes my, my chest muscles get get really tight and it's it's kind of easy for me to over stretch them my uh-huh. pecs because the implants had to go um underneath my my pectoral muscles and so they you know that they can get really really tight sometimes and if i i, I actually I've, I've stopped doing pull-ups because um because it hurts my chest so much but i can still I can still climb all right, but um, in fact, I'm stronger than I've ever been. Um, but I do have to sort of pay attention to, to things like that and, you know, make sure that I don't, you know, mess myself up. But I I also do a lot more self-care than I've ever done before now, you know, because I understand the importance of um, of self-care. You know, I think that's part of, you know, getting older as well. But, you know, I, 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 I never... I never had regular massages before, probably because I couldn't afford them. But you know, now I'm a little bit older and working and all of that kind of stuff. It's I, I make sure that I allocate, you know, money and time for things like that um, to make sure that my body, you know, doesn't fail and doesn't get jammed up again. Because it is it it takes a long time to, you know, to rehab yourself, doesn't it? You know, so you've got to yeah, start off yeah, these things. So let me. Well, let's let's jump over to um, my awkward segue. Um, <laughs> so the, um, the 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 community of artists, because I'm personally interested in this, because I I do mm-hmm. plan on moving up there hopefully and being part of this, or even being part of it. Awesome. I'm a virtual community member. But tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about the Tahoe community that works and and what that's all about. So, uh, so I, uh, I, I, after the election, I, I, like everybody else, probably was just, 
you know shattered really and and you know wanted to do something and um I've never been politic politically active at all I really you know I'm a complete noob to all of this stuff so I started just contacting all of the creative people in Tahoe that I knew and like let's form a group let's have let's have a meeting let's do something and so we and we did and we we had a meeting at Bonafide Books which is um a lo- um a friend of mine Kim Wyatt um she has this publishing um small press in uh, in Myers and uh we, so we all got together there and the energy was fantastic it was it was great we were you know sort of sharing ideas and passions and like what can we do well we're all creative we we have to be creative that's that's what we can do and so we decided to have regular meetings and then to put we decided to put on a show which we did mm-hmm. in uh Tahoe Mountain Lab in you know September and it it just went really really well it's you know we we're all about the ideas you know there's no um you know we're not about you know um becoming like a you know a a, a profit making entity or anything like that there's no there's no bureaucracy there's you know we're all quite um just sort of fueled by by our passions really and and we support each other and what we're doing and uh yeah i think it's it's got legs you know we 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 we're, we're going to have our next show at um a, a high vibe society uh, on uh, November 5th and uh, that's yeah so we 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 we're moving all, uh, I'm sorry is it what you're doing all activist type artwork are there themes for what you're doing or just people showing what they want um the, everybody's kind of doing their own thing they it's all activist themed but in in our you know we, we've all got different approaches we've we've all got different sort of takes on how our artwork would express ideas and so um the, the well, that's, our, that's our wonderful <laughs> producer giving us some kind of a uh, oh okay a message i don't know i hate to yeah, step okay. on either of you <laughs> but we are running out of time here so, so that will have to be the last word for today's broadcast i want to thank our guest shelly zentner for sharing her story with us she, uh, stay current with Shelly's work on Twitter via at Shelly Zen, and that's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-Z-E-N, and on the web via two sites, www.ShellyHocknell, and that's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-H-O-C-K-N-E-L-L.com, and www.TahoeActivistArtist.com. We'll post Shelly's story to the journal shortly and feature her work as the first artist profiled in our series on Tahoe Activist Artists in the online digital magazine at the Illustrator's Journal. Finally, uh, do follow us on the web via www.illustratorsjournal.com and subscribe, and on Twitter via the at TI Journal as well. Until we meet again on This Week in the Arts, for Lon Levin, this is Greg Masters saying bye now.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.